Last week, we talked with the president and CEO of a large nonprofit about making the change from for-profit to nonprofit leadership. This week, we interview Mrs. Minnesota about speaking encouragement to the next generation and finding the perfect mentors. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to our podcast. We are so excited. We have Brooke Franson back this week. Uh, If you heard the little intro episode with Brooke, you know that this is going to be an episode full of so much fun and also so much wisdom. Uh, Brooke is Mrs. Minnesota United States 2020. So that's really incredible. Congratulations. Uh, She owns multiple businesses. She's an incredible leader. Um, I've seen her grow over the years and everything that she puts her mind to, like success happens. And so we're so excited to have you here today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. And uh, Brooke, now in, in our quick little trailer episode, you did a super fast overview of your life. But I would love for our listeners to get a more detailed backstory of you. You don't have to start at when you're two years old, but you can if you feel like it's important. (laughs) So uh, go for it. Why don't you just jump in and and let let our listeners know who you are. Hi, everybody. My name is Brooke Franson, and as Lisa had and Ted had mentioned, I am your Mrs. Minnesota United States 2020. I am married to the best man on the planet. I have two little girls, and I'm my husband is itching for the next one. He's like counting down the days so we can have another <laughs> one. He wants like nine, but I've talked him off the ledge to like mm, five. And so uh, we own multiple businesses, which has been such a fun journey and a very interesting learning curve. I'm sure you guys can say mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. together. So that has been probably our biggest marital lesson so far. (laughs) Um, And as for me, um, entrepreneurship started really early for me. My very first business was when I was nine years old at a lemonade stand. Like a uh, legit actual lemonade stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. I, I'm wondering the reason that my sister, my middle sister probably hates me is I always made her do the dirty work. I'd be like, go mix more. Go bring it back and forth. And be like two blocks down the street because we lived in a trailer park. So we grew up in like a really bougie trailer park. Just kidding. It was not nice at all. But <laughs> down the street corner. And I remember one time we were out there for two hours and we made $9. And we were like, jack pot. That's like, awesome. Yep. So that was my very first business along with my mom had a salon for over 30 years. So my very first job, which was probably a little bit illegal at the time because I was only eight, but I would be (laughs) sweeping floors and cleaning tanning beds at her salon and she would pay me $10 a week. So eight years old, making $10 a week is kind of a lot. So from then I just kind of knew like opening the salon to closing the salon all day in the summertime when I wasn't in school, I was like, huh, like they're onto something here. And I've just been kind of a workhorse ever since. And they're like, if, if they can afford to pay me $10 yeah, a week. And my mom was rich, man. Like, this, I should get into that business where I can afford to pay someone $10 a yeah, week. Yeah, and right? then here I am, you know, here I am, 32 years old, that owns my own salon now. So I guess you're right. Yeah, so you own your own salon. I know that you've done a lot of different uh, business type stuff over mm-hmm. the years. One of the things that we've uh, really admired about you, I think people have these ideas to start different businesses, but it seems like you are always thinking long term Mm -hmm. about which stuff you start so they link together can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the different stuff you've done Mm -hmm. and kind of your uh 
strategy behind that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've been a cosmetologist for 14 years. And I initially started beauty school when I was in high school. So I had a good job while I was going to college because if I wanted to get good grades and also I was going to play collegiate soccer, I couldn't be going out to the bars at night or bartending even. I needed something that was going to be consistent. And I knew with my mom working in the salon that you can make good money Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And then I could do all my studies during the week. Hmm. And then after I graduated beauty school, I just realized, wow, I have a career. I just turned 18 like a week ago. Why would I not just go work right away? And so I kind of just fell in love with it. It just kind of was like, all right, like we're doing this thing now. And and so being a cosmetologist, I think one thing that people don't really recognize is it actually is ran as a business. I think some people have some skeptical thoughts or uh, assumptions about what stylists are. They're not as educated. But these days, let me tell you, these are like real business women. And if you mm-hmm. run it like a business, you're going to get paid like a business. So I have a lot of people that ask me questions about it about how do you run your business this way and how did it become so successful the way that it did and your branding and your marketing it's it's all the same a church a hair salon uh a pencil store whatever like everything is built and brand the same way if you want to be successful Hmm. so i own a salon which has been amazing it's called the main foundry it's just a little baby right now but we're hoping to build a bigger location next summer and And then you have a brick and mortar location yes and you started that in 2020. Yep, I started during COVID, so wow. there's no excuses for that. I started it, I opened it August 1st. So I signed my lease July 10, uh, July 20th, and I opened August 1st. So Mac really put in the work in 10 days <laughs> to get it all done. So I was like, by the way, I'm going to open a salon. He's like, okay. And I'm like, and we're going to open in two weeks. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like holding on to the roller coaster, you know, he's... He's incredible. So, and then three years ago, I had started a uh, on-site bridal hair makeup company. So this idea came because I didn't have a, a brick and mortar at the time, and so I was like, "Well, what if we went to the brides? What if we, as service provider, came to wherever they are, so we're not worrying about, oh, she doesn't know where she's going, or this bridesmaid's late, or now I got to run out and get something else, or go help set set up, or we could just go there and they could we they just kind of worked around us." So my intention with that was also long-term that I wanted to build it for five years and then eventually sell it. Well, mm. gratefully, we now have uh, a team of 16 contracted employees. We have a full admin and assistant team. Awesome. And I just had a conversation with a business broker a couple couple weeks ago, and she's like, Brooke, why don't you just franchise this out instead of selling it? So. That is another thing on our plate that we're <laughs> considering. Like part That's of me, super cool. Yeah, part of me is just thinking, mm-hmm. no, let's just get it off our hands. Like goal, boom, done. What we wanted to do in five, we did in three. But you know, it's one of those things where now you're like, hmm. So we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the cool thing about that is you're looking ahead for the long term, mm-hmm. and when you start looking long term and you actually run a business like a business, mm-hmm. then different opportunities present themselves. Because if you would have just treated it as a hobby, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do, they start a side thing but they treat it like a hobby and so it never becomes a business and mm-hmm. it kind of stays in that weird area where it's like yeah I see what you're doing but it's not really taking off but you also haven't invested to get it to take off and it just kind of sits there mm-hmm. where when you start looking long term then these opportunities like yes you could sell or you could franchise or you could expand or you could hire more uh, the opportunities become greater when you're willing to put in that hard work up front mm-hmm. and so. sometimes too like the, the opportunities are nothing you even saw or could have foreseen would happen Mm -hmm. just by being a professional out in the marketplace 
people see that and they're, you know, they're giving you different kinds of offers and hooking you up with networks that you didn't even think of before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So as we're looking at your businesses, it's interesting because you have multiple streams of income. I'd say they're all in the same like general lane. Mm-hmm. How have you taught yourself to say no when you mm-hmm. see other things outside of that? Because I feel like there's always that new shiny thing that's <laughs> like a completely different, you know. Yeah. I'm sure you get approached by a lot of people. So how do you decide what to take on and what things to say no to? I've just really learned if it's not an F yes, it's an F no. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And uh, I I really work off of my energy levels. And if it's not something that I don't think it's worth my time, I just don't do it. And whether that's business or not, it could be going to the movies or taking a trip. And it sounds so selfish, but I think a lot of times we get burnt out because we're saying yes to not only too many things but not the right things Mm -hmm. and so with that with our businesses moving forward it was an intentional move that my mentor taught me if you're going to start another business make sure it's in the same genre (laughs) or in the same industry because then everything just works off of basically an ecosystem together so you can start branching things out after you get to a certain point though Mm-hmm. So we're almost we're not quite there yet to be branching out into maybe other industries, but um, it's just been it's been really cool just to to see the yeses and what they've turned into. When you you think of like the nos though, you're like, darn it, we should have done that, but it's not in congruency, it's not in alignment with what we're doing right now. And you said that it's like it can it can feel selfish to say no to things or to say yes to things, mm-hmm. um, but when you're talking about building a legacy or impacting others, whether that's providing work for people Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, providing for your own family or, you know, making money so you can give to nonprofits and causes that matter. When you say no to something, it, in in that kind of environment, what you're really doing is saying, like, I'm reserving the energy to be able to do my yes is better. Mm-hmm. And those, I love what you said, if it's not an F, no, it's an F, if it's not an F, no, it's an F, yes, and yeah. vice versa. Because, well, no, if it's not an F, yes, it's an F, no. If it's oh, not yeah. an F, no, that doesn't mean it's an F, yes. <laughs> it could That's be a, a good point. Let me think maybe. about it. Hold on. I'll That's talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sleep on it. But like, I just love that thought because it's like, you can, you can say no to something and feel like it's selfish, but when you actually f- figure out what you're doing, you realize that you are propelling yourself forward better mm-hmm. for the things that really matter. Yeah, it's yeah. like, like you said, it's when you say no and you feel like it's selfish, it's also saying yes to the greater thing, mm-hmm. even even if it hasn't presented itself yet. And mm-hmm. it might not. Who knows? You know, everyone's got their seasons of life. You could say no and then the yes doesn't come up for a whole nother year. I mean, you guys know you guys have been in seasons of waiting and and just praying and, and waiting for the right timing of things, too. Mm-hmm. So just know and you're like I, Pastor Ted, you, you taught me this years ago where you're like, if you if you know, if you say you don't know, you always know. I remember you said to me once at like a band I don't practice. Even this. this was like years <laughs> ago, maybe like six years ago. And it just stuck with me where it was like, whenever you ask yourself a question and they're like, what do you think this is? You're like, I don't know. It's like, but if you did know, what would it be? And then you start to think. So if you're like, I don't know if I should do this or not. Is this a no or is this a yes? You know what the right answer is. So if you're saying yes to all these things that is burning you out and you're not getting to where you want to be, clearly that's a no. And you have to just step back and be like, if I did know the right answer for me and my family, if I did know, as in K-N-O-W, what the right step would to take, what is it going to be? Is it going to be my F yes or is it going to be my F no? 
Yeah, I kind of remember that now a little bit. I was trying to think back. I'm like, where did I get that from? Because obviously... Maybe it was from me. No. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> so now that I think about it, maybe no. I told you that. <laughs> Brooke taught me to do that with sending emails. So I wasn't overthinking stuff. If you Pastor already Ted, knew what maybe to I say... Taught you that. No. No, you told me. I think I told him and I think he taught it back to you about <laughs> no, 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 Now I know where I got it. My mentor, my nutrition company told me that. Okay, so I told Lisa. Lisa told you and then you told me. Okay. And I, I think remember, it just changed But I context. remember it was you. <laughs> so funny too, though, because I also remember learning that in the context of like go to you go to conferences yeah and the questions that people always ask like at any kind of conference where they, like they raise their hand and they get called on by the speaker mm-hmm. and it's like their one opportunity to ask this really great question and the answer everybody already knows the answer because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's just the answer that you're avoiding like right, they really right. want to hear like so i have this like problem where nobody knows about my business what can i do about that and what they don't want to hear is you need to call a bunch of people on the phone. Yeah. But that's like, what the answer is. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know, but you, you totally do know. You already you're just, know. <laughs> you're just trying not to do it. You just yeah. want Like, you just want to be wrong. Like, yeah, it's really yeah. when you ask yourself that question. Yeah, you're hoping like, they're going to tell you some other kind of magic bullet. And it's just like, there aren't those. They don't exist. None. The magic bullet is hard work. Yep. And doing what's uncomfortable. Well, that's not magic. That's just a bullet. I, yeah. And these days, like, with, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you guys know, but your listeners might gather this soon, but I'm a straight shooter. You know, it's just like nobody today could ever say they don't know how to run a business. I'm sorry. Ten-year-olds are freaking making five grand a month on YouTube these days. Mm-hmm. Like, I told Mac, like, you should start making these Play-Doh videos with Maybell and, like, this kid's got to start paying for a college money, you know? <laughs> so it's this just, like if you don't, yeah. <laughs> What's the age? Just like cut off. It's just nobody could ever say they don't know how. There's Google, there's social media, there's trainings, there's podcast, but something just like this. There's so many free resources where if you say, I don't know where to start. My husband taught me the greatest thing in life, Google. How do I start a business? <laughs> Literally, it's like the easiest thing. Who would have thunk? <laughs> right. I think the big thing that people lack is the motivation or the ability to dream big enough. Because mm-hmm. they they think they, they could probably figure out how to start a business, yeah. but they always tell themselves, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. Limiting beliefs. Or yeah. they think, you know, I could pay for my kid's college. I could figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'd be able to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And I think... The first thing is educating yourself. Yeah. And the second thing is figuring out how can I think big enough? Well, maybe probably the first thing is learn how to think big enough Mm -hmm. and then just start getting the education to be able to do it. So I'd like you to talk about that. Like, how did you start dreaming so big? Because I remember one of the first times that we met, we grabbed coffee Mm -hmm. and I was saying like, I was like, I want to work on this and this. And you're like, Lisa, it's too small. Come on. You can do better. <laughs> and I was like, I'm thinking as big as I can. So where did that come from in you? Do you feel like you just naturally have that? Or how did you develop it? Because I'm sure when you're putting out there, I'm going to start, I'm going to open up my own salon. I'm going to mm-hmm. go for Mrs. Minnesota. I'm going to go for whatever. You have to have people around you saying, really? Mm-hmm. Do you want? So how do you shut that down? Then how do you keep that alive within yourself? It's funny. <laughs> so you know when you move out of your parents' house, Um, your parents all of a sudden give you all these boxes of stuff that they saved for you that they think you're going to want later in your life. You know, like your kindergarten report cards and stuff. (laughs) My mom uh, went through their old house and there's all these boxes and we were going through them. Like I kept one box of the most important things. 
And coincidentally, there was this one box that I thought it was an arts and crafts box. So I was like, oh, let's take one little finger painting picture out and throw the rest away. It actually was a box full of vision boards that I made ever since I was little. Whoa. I've been like wow. cutting out magazine pictures. I made like, um, remember Trapper Keepers? Like, yeah. like Dude, yeah. Trapper Keepers of Mine construction was a space paper. Jam cap- trap keeper. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, of, uh, of vision boards and things that I wanted wow. to do and the places I wanted to go ever since I was young because I just, I don't know. No one ever really taught me that. I think it was just like, it's not that I came from a place of like, I want something better than this life. I just always knew that I was created for something super, super great. And my aunts and my um, parents have spoke that over me my entire life. So if you're not um, as privileged as I was to have somebody that continually told you that you can do whatever you want to do and we're going to be behind you 100%, it's finding that tribe that is going to cheer you on no matter what, for (laughs) sure. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You bring up an interesting point, too, about that, because if you weren't, you know, if, if a listener out there it wasn't lucky enough to have parents that were speaking big mm-hmm. dreams over their life, the awesome thing is that you can draw a line in the sand for future generations of your family and start doing that mm-hmm. now for your kids and really start to see things spiral upward mm-hmm. um, rather than just kind of saying, well, oh, I didn't have that. And then you get so focused on trying to build it for yourself <laughs> that you forget to pass that on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How do you um, handle it now if someone tells you that you can't do something? Because I know your response to that's like, watch this. I was just going like, to say, I usually, I usually, face. I was like, I usually play the Bruno Mars song, Don't Believe Me, Just Watch, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there was something that a friend said, said to me um, last year. No, the, the two years ago when I competed um, in pageants for the first time, is she just goes, oh, there goes Brooke. She's going to do it. And I don't know why. It was just, it was almost encouraging of being like, you're right. Like, I'm just going to do it no matter what anybody says. And I, I'm i grateful that I've worked through um, in therapy. You guys, therapy is like the best thing ever. If you don't go to a therapist now, go. Everybody needs it. But really just work through like the comparison game. I really don't compare myself online. And I know it's really hard um, to not. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, why? Why do we spend so much time looking left or right when we can just look down or up? And just stay in our lane, but still cheer each other on from the sidelines anyway. Like, Hmm. you know, that's just something that I always tell my girls on my team is you don't need to look left or right. Just keep looking forward, but you can still clap for them as they're like going across their finish line too. But just, that's cool. You know, get your head down and get to work. That's really, really great. I love that. Oh my gosh. Silence. Well, I'm trying to think. (laughs) I want to make sure I don't just ask, ask questions and not. Well, I mean, that's, it either. that's one thing that I've always appreciated about you is while you're running, I'll be working on something. And you'll see, you'll be like, Lisa, you're doing it. Good job. <laughs> and I feel like it's so uncommon to see that in people, especially women, especially women. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just got I just got like a stink eye. I'm kidding, of course. But it is. It's uncommon to see it in people like there's always this weird competitive nature. Mm-hmm. That to find people around you who are willing to cheer you on and truly celebrate your success, like those are the people that you have to hold on to above Mm -hmm. anything else. Because once you get the feeling that someone's competitive with you in a way that's not beneficial, it's like, okay, we need to draw a little line in the sand Mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm maintaining healthy Healthy boundaries. boundaries. Yeah, all three of us at the same time. (laughs) Boundaries. Boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, So now... I'm curious, like, how does the pageant world and and the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. and all that stuff, how do those things mesh? Like, is it really similar, like, going mm-hmm. after 
that like trying to get like a first place prize with that like tell us a little bit about that like how your entrepreneurial skills have helped you with that yeah i am super grateful for my pageant coach because she's really very great at bringing out the best in her contestants and so every pageant girl has what's called a platform so it's either a cause or a initiative that you're after and mine is actually not typical mine is actually called the the american dream during COVID 19 with two objectives one really rallying around small business owners during this time and two really empowering and inspiring job seekers to really get into their entrepreneurial power and using their time and their talents and maybe starting their own business from home or something that they're skilled in so it actually ties together really well because we need more leaders we know this and Mm -hmm. if i can be a leader to a community of women that can then go around the nation and not only support our women in being entrepreneurs but men small business owners we won't have an economy crash the only way it crashes if people literally stop buying and stop working so we know we know because i see all those cars at target and amazon is up 132 percent people are still buying which means that there's value in the marketplace which means now you can find your place in the marketplace and start putting money back into the economy so with wow. pageants, it, it, it for, for me right now, that's why I feel like it's kind of my time to be in this role um, as a leader in the entrepreneurship community, just because I feel like I have value to bring, but also I'm not afraid to be a voice for it as well, especially in 2020. Nice. Wow. That's, that's amazing. super cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was like your, a thing. Your, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why you won. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Well, you mentioned in there um, people using their time, talent, skills. If you're talking to someone who is in that position, Mm -hmm. like, I don't have work, I maybe want to start something, what advice do you have for them getting Mm -hmm. started? Because some people, if you say, use your skills, they're like, what what skills? Mm -hmm. I don't have skills. Um, What advice would you have for someone who's starting out knowing that they want to go after it, build something long term? Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? I feel the best businesses that where you don't feel burnout is when you turn a hobby into a business or turn a hobby into a career. So mm-hmm. we did differentiate of like, if you want to get your business, if you pay, if you work your business like a hobby, you'll get paid like a hobby. If you work it like a business, you get paid like a business. But so for example, you love organizing and cleaning houses. Do you know how many people after seeing the home edit want their house organized? You could go start a home organizing business tomorrow. So post on social media, hey guys, I'm starting to build my portfolio. I love organizing. Let's purge through your house because we know we're all doing that during quarantine. And let me help you reorganize or uh, home decor or, um, you know, Mac during quarantine was doing um, woodworking. He's a great woodworker. So he was making these palleted maps. They were beautiful. So just even if it's that little bit of extra cash flow, one, it can make the biggest difference to some families, but secondarily, it could turn into something so much bigger than you even know, once again, just by saying yes. Hmm. That's good. So first looking at yourself and saying, like, what am I deeply passionate about? And then finding the intersection of that where, what will people pay me to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people a lot of times, people are willing to pay you for a lot of different things that you're passionate about, but you really got to f- figure that out. Yeah. I had to figure out that people are willing to pay me for things that I wouldn't necessarily pay for. <laughs> Yeah. Which was so weird. I was like, oh, yeah, because it's really putting yourself in the mm-hmm. mind of the other person, yeah. especially when I was starting out. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like a, a, just family cultures are so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. one family would say I would never, ever, ever pay someone else to cook for me because I love to cook and it's cheaper and like all these different reasons. But like there are families out there that hate cooking, 
they don't have time. Stink at cooking. Don't have time for they don't have time. That's and us. Like, I'm like, I want. A, so if you're out there, I need a house cleaner. It's gonna do laundry because a lot of them don't. I need to reorganize my cupboards and meal prep for me. So if that's you, go in the show notes. Just <laughs> reach out. <laughs> reach out. You can send over your resume. I'll be doing a back. I'll be doing a background check though. <laughs> I mean, I remember like kind of breaking through that and thinking through that for ourselves. Having someone mow our lawn is a crazy thing. You know, my family's like, no, like we'll mow our own lawn because they they kind of like yeah. it. I no, hate it. Yeah. It is a giant drain on my life, and mm-hmm. it like makes everything else suck. Yeah. And I've even said that since I was young. I was like, I'm gonna have somebody mow my lawn and clean my house my mom would like be why i'm like i'm supplying jobs mm-hmm. for our economy yeah so even if it's you on the other side the receiving side of it being like what could i have done what uh, meaning what could i have someone else do in my home that i could pay them to do that to help them out right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of a thought that we have too we have some high school boys kind of like you guys come mow our lawn every now and then that's awesome yeah. <laughs> my that's brother awesome. was a missionary in malaysia for 17 years and he he, he said, like, if you are an American living in, you know, some of these Asian countries, mm-hmm. it is expected that you have a housemaid. Yep. And it's, like, not cool if you don't. That's, like, in Thailand, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and I think and everything. I think that's kind of, like, a cool way to think about it. Like, a lot of people look at it and say, like, it's it would be putting myself, you know, above people mm-hmm. to have someone. But it's, like, that person now has a job. Yeah. But they didn't there, have work before. I feel like there are a lot of times when creating jobs, you know, we view it. Like, it's viewed different ways in culture, yeah. but I think one of the best ways to view it is an act of generosity. Yeah. Of saying, I choose to let go of something mm-hmm. so that someone else can have the chance to do it. And that's why in Whoa. some businesses, a lot of, like, bosses, quote unquote, feel bad when they have to close close a business because they're like, these people are my family. Like, I've been providing them and their family jobs and income and experiences for however many years. You know, not every business is just about employees. And so... You know, it's with us too, like longevity wise, the girls that we bring into our um, into our companies, it's like, OK, I want these girls to be here for a long time. I want them to love it. I want us to have open communication. We literally are a team. I'm not above them. They're not below. We're all side by side. Mm-hmm. So that's been really cool just to see over the last last couple of years how it's how it's grown that way. Yeah. What is your um, right now kind of looking ahead? What's your biggest area of growth, would you say? Oh, man, being a wife. I've I've always actually been very very um, business driven so I feel like it's been on the opposite of setting boundaries it's something I'm still working through as a Enneagram 3 I'm a crazy workhorse and um, being a mother actually I never thought was in the cards for me my my whole life I said I was gonna be single I was gonna adopt a baby by myself and I was gonna move out to the California and live by (laughs) myself and just run all my businesses and I got like a, a little close to that. I moved to California, but then I moved back, of course. So, but I would say my my biggest um, lesson of growth is it's not always about me, <laughs> even though we want it to be, because sure. it's my business and I have to be this this for other people. And I've just really learned that in order for us to have healthy families, they have to have healthy parents, especially in entrepreneurship. You have to set those boundaries, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning, so. That's probably and is still my biggest lesson of growth. Yeah, I think a lot of business owners out there would look and say that that's the same challenge for them. Just because you can build an amazing business, but if your kid grows up and they're like, "I never saw my dad," mm-hmm. you're that that is going to be a much bigger regret than if you never built a business, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so finding how to be a successful person, go out there, be a hard worker, but then also bring some of that same tenacity into your family relationships, into your marriage, 
So that way, at the end of everything, that's the legacy you're leaving behind mm-hmm. isn't just a, a large amount of cash or isn't just a, a really great business, but a, like a strong family structure that lasts mm-hmm. for generations. Yeah, I think it's great because I think we're very similar in that way where mm-hmm. neither one of us were like, we're going to be stay-at-home moms or <laughs> we're going to, like, we're both like, we're going to go work, we're going to do the things, yep. we're going to win, we're going to... Like, we're both wired that way. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, I love having other people like that and knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. Because even as we're growing as a couple and we're growing within our home, knowing that it's not just me alone feeling like this. Like, yeah. there's a whole bunch of people and basically every entrepreneur struggles with boundaries in some capacity. Right, right. <laughs> I'd say. If you didn't, that's probably where <laughs> they're, where it becomes just the side the side job. Right. Because you're like, nah, not today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. that uh, you're really like thankful that you have a pageant coach. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have been really good at over the years is just always having some kind of mentor mm-hmm. or multiple mentors in different areas. Like you mentioned therapy. You mentioned having a coach uh, for your pageant. I know you've had business coaches mm-hmm. and you've been a business coach mm-hmm. for a lot of people too. So what advice would you have for our listeners like for finding good mentors what are the things that you look for so for myself I always see where they've been because I don't take direction from someone who's never been where I want to go that's <laughs> so good. that's that's, that's number one also don't take advice from someone you don't want to trade places with because it's very easy for people to say you know do as I say not as I do um so even in in other in other businesses when I've thought about starting a business I'm, I'm really um, clear on where we want to go first and then who's going to match that who's going to be able to bring us to the next level so then we can bring our team to that next level because everything duplicates down mm-hmm. so when you start a business or you're looking for a mentor don't just pick anybody and believe me I've had my fair share of heated conversations with friends because I didn't choose them to be my business mentor we'll say but it really strictly is business so I would just look mm. at the ones that are most successful that have systems in place um, that you and your teams can plug into or, or you yourself and have programs for that. And um, someone who's your type of person, you know, because you are going to get to know this person really well. And if there's no like compassion or empathy on your guys's like same wavelength and you guys just don't jive, it's it's not going to work. <laughs> You're just going to feel like a number at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's great advice. I like that compassion and empathy at the same wavelength. Yeah. Because someone can have compassion and empathy, but if it's not the type that you need, mm-hmm. it doesn't work well. <laughs> and I mean, in leadership yeah. too, you have to learn yeah. how to work with different people. But if, as a mentor for my, for me, like my mentors to me and myself to mentors to other people, we're like talking all the time. I'm like knowing their kids and, you know, spending birthday parties and, and all these things and they're invested in each other's lives. So if it's not your person, that's okay. Just find another one. And it's, it's just like a hairstylist, you know, you just have to find your right fit. They might do good mm. hair, but they just may not be your person. And you could also be a really good person, do crappy hair, but guess what? The good person always wins. Hmm. You can't, like, I can't even tell you the stories people tell me. I'm like, they will never go anywhere else because of what the stories that they've told me. They're like, I can't trust anybody else. Wow. Even though they cut your ear and they yeah. messed up your bangs. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry about it, girl. I'll see you in six it's weeks. Like they, were at, they were at my mom's funeral. <laughs> we'll, we'll try like, again next gonna, time. Yeah, They were yeah. at my mom's funeral, so I'm, I don't care if they cut my ear off. Yeah, it's <laughs> not important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible advice. Well, all right. We have one final question to kind of wrap this up. So I'm wondering, what does the idea of building a legacy, what does that mean to you? The idea of building a legacy 
to me means, wow, good thing this is not an odd stage question because I would already be 15 seconds into it. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, this is good practice. I would probably say it means knowing that my children's 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 children will be taken care of, that hopefully the future of our family will be, uh, what's the word? Society investing humans. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that. Not where they're like, take, 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 especially if they live in America. And I think ultimately it's it's knowing when I die that the things that we're teaching them, they're just going to carry on hopefully to their kids and break any curses that c- come their way. They can break any um, generational cycles that come their way and um, just really influencing and empowering other others to do the same. Legacy, I feel like, is a hard word because people are like, I want to leave a legacy. And they're like, what is that? And they're just like me. They're like, I have no idea. It just sounds good. It's the right yeah. word. Everything the light touches is yours. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess like what the idea means to me with that my kids in future generations will be taken care of. They're going to be kind human beings. They're going to love Jesus. And they're going to walk like him and hopefully change the world. I mean, right now, like I said, we just need more leaders. And if we mm-hmm. can start that with our kids being small from now until they grow up and then they grow up and they grow up. It's a really, really long answer, and my timer would go off by now, but... Hey, we don't... Like you said, this isn't an onstage question. Thank goodness. <laughs> but that was a that was, that was a, a fantastic a... answer. <laughs> it's not that a was fantastic. like a Mrs. Minnesota answer. <laughs> that was a novel of an answer. <laughs> They're literally listening going, I have no idea what she just said. Hey, except it. a line oh, for no, Lion that, King's That was court. really, really good. <laughs> Everything the light touches. What about that chattery part? I just told you <laughs> not not that part not that, the light doesn't touch there yeah it's it shadowy all right brooke where can our listeners find you so you guys can find me on facebook at brooke franson you can find me on instagram at brooke.franson or you can check me out on my mrs minnesota united states 2020 page just to see what we're up to come support us cheer us on there and see you on the gram Awesome. Um, the links for all those things will be in the show notes as well as the link for uh, Brooke Franson Salon. So if you want to check that yes. out, I highly recommend it. She's fantastic. Thank you so much, Brooke, for being with us today. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for the next episode where we talk with a trusted and lively financial advisor about the depth of legacy. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this content and feel that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to go to iTunes, subscribe, and while you're there, leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com.